The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Cruise Radio. In these winter months, consider TripInsurance.com to cover your next cruise investment. Buy direct from the leading insurers and save up to 40% or more on comparable plans from the other sites. Get a quote today and save from TripInsurance.com. Here we go. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thanks for checking out this bonus episode of Cruise Radio, a review of MSC Seaside on a seven-night Caribbean sailing. Before we get to the review, a couple of things here. Cruise Radio News, our daily quick hits of the news, Monday through Friday. Uh, If you want all things cruise news, subscribe to Cruise Radio News. All you have to do is type it in where you listen to your favorite podcast. And a couple of new videos are up on the Cruise Radio YouTube channel. Have a walking tour of Carnival Victory and a tour of Half Moon Key. Also have some pretty cool drone footage on that that video as well. All right, so Kristen is here. She just got back from a seven-night Eastern Caribbean cruise on MSC Seaside out of Port Miami. Hey, Kristen. Hello, Doug. Before we get to the ship, I want to take a step back because you normally sail Princess. And what made you want to take this seven-night cruise on MSC? That's right. Yeah, we've sailed uh, with Princess the most. Uh, we've also done Celebrity, uh, Disney, and um, and Norwegian, and my husband's done Carnival. So this was our 17th cruise. Um, but when they announced the seaside ship, um, my husband, Scott, was immediately uh, enamored with the ship architecture. It just looked so different from from any other any other cruise ship and really had some very appealing features. And the new private island that they were uh, building, uh, Ocean Key, was also a, a, a big appeal. So we actually originally booked in March of 2016 for a sailing uh, in January of 2018, which would have been just a couple months um, after the ship uh, debuted uh, in the U.S., like you mentioned. But they announced um, the first major delay in the island construction, and so we decided, well, we really wanted to check out the island, so we decided in April of 2017 to rebook for this past December 2018, figuring based on what they'd said, oh yeah, definitely the island will be be ready to go. And then, of course, as you know, they announced a second year-long delay for the island. And at that point, we decided, you know what, we we want to just go ahead and, and, and sail, do the sailing, because we still really want to experience this ship, try MSC. And the cruise itinerary date that we picked happened to fall uh, when my husband's 50th birthday was occurring. So we decided, let's just go ahead and, and keep the sailing and We'll, we'll check out the private island at a later date. Yeah, I mean, how cool does that island look, though, once it finally gets ready? Oh, I think it'll be a game changer once it actually, you know, comes online. Absolutely. So you're up in St. Louis, and you had to make your way down to Port Miami. Um, how was the embark process, and how long did it take you to get from the curb to the ship? We used Lyft to get from the hotel uh, over to the port. I think we arrived in Port about quarter to 11 or so, and MSC's terminal is Terminal F. 
there were five other ships in port, so it was really congested once we got into the port trying to get to our particular passenger drop-off point. Uh, so that that probably took, I'd say, maybe 15, 15 minutes or so. But once we actually got into MSC's terminal, we breezed through security. We got to be in a preferred line because of the type of cabin that we had booked. And so we were probably in the, we were in the embarkation waiting area, I'd say by about 1115. And they started boarding about half an hour later. So you make your way on board Seaside. What were your first impressions? First impressions were that the ship is beautiful. And and we, we, we really kind of expected that based on the pictures we had seen. Definitely a very modern feel, a lot of glass, chrome, of course, MSC is pretty well known for, in, on some of their ships for their Swarovski crystal staircases in the atrium, and those uh, those are definitely beautiful <laughs> to see in person. It's a different decor. I mean, like I said we, uh, before, we've sailed primarily on Princess, so we're really familiar with their decor uh, on ships and kind of like coming home sort of thing. So it was it was nice to have a change of pace and to see a different a different take on things. Um, really, really beautiful ship. So you're on board, you're taking it all in, you see the staircase, you see the glitter, the glam. Um, what's the first thing you do after you get out of that atrium area? They had said that our cabins would not be available until about uh, 2.30 in the afternoon. So um, we, we walked around um, a little bit and decided that before we before we headed up to uh, one of the buffet areas for lunch, we would go ahead and take care of all of our um, reservations. So we just went to, uh, I forget which lounge we went to, um, just to sit down and pull up the, the MSC for Me app on our phones. And that definitely, I, I'd say, is the most impressive smartphone app that I have seen to date for the cruise lines that we've been on. Um, because what we were able to do is you could pull up all of the dining room menus for the entire week. So we could look through and decide, okay, this night, yeah, like that menu, definitely want to do the dining room. No, this night's not really appealing. And then that allowed us to book our specialty dining reservations. <clears throat> and I know we'll talk more about that. So we were able to pick which nights we wanted to do those. And then based on what we'd chosen for dining, then we could also make our reservations for the production shows in the theater. Um, so we were able to get all of that done uh, within about 30 minutes on our phone. And then we, at that point, we were, of course, ready to eat, as one is when you embark. Um, so we headed, up to, uh, we headed up to one of the buffets. And while we were in there, um, they made the announcement that the cabins were available. And that was about 1.30. So it was about an hour earlier than what we were expecting. So a couple of questions with the app. Did you have to <laughs> download the app or was it like an intranet type thing? You have to download. Okay. Yeah. And were you able to use the app before you boarded for any kind of like research or anything? Or was it like you have to log in when you get on board and then it starts working? There probably was deck plans you could look at mm -hmm. um, beforehand. I honestly don't remember what we did, of course, download the apps before we before we left. But I honestly don't remember if I spent a lot of time checking it out before before we got on board. Certainly once you got on board and you could connect to the ship's uh intranet, then of course, you know, all the functionality became available in terms of, like I said, seeing the dining room menus and making your reservations. How was the ship's Wi-Fi? Oh, absolutely no complaints. Definitely one of the best uh, ship Wi-Fis that, uh, that I've ever experienced. We never had any slowdown 
at all in our experience with it. Top notch, no complaints. Um, what was interesting though, so we did we did um, we did prepay for an, in- an internet package, and they do it a little differently. They do a package based on the amount of data, and we're used to the packages that we've you know bought for you know princess or celebrity based on minutes. So it was a question to us ahead of time is, how much data are we really going to use? So we decided not to go for the very top. Um, we decided to go for the the, sm- the somewhat smaller package, um, the three gig package. And you got a discount if you bought it pre-cruise versus on board. Um, we actually ended up really with way more data than what we really needed. So you make your way to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you book and what did you think of it? We booked an Aurea balcony stateroom and that's this is one of the things that is definitely different about msc in comparison to other cruise lines you book a class or an experience and by booking whatever one you pick that will dictate where your cabin would be and it also impacts your dining so it's it's kind of a it's like i said it's it's definitely different than how other cruise lines do it so the options, they start from the lowest level is what they call Bella. That's like the, the no frills. Everything, every, it's your lowest price stateroom and a la carte amenities and anything you want to add on, you have to pay extra for. Uh, and then there's a, a next level up called Fantastica. And I think that comes maybe with some, a few drink coupons and gives you apparently some slightly better choices of stateroom locations. There's a wellness level. Uh, so that gets gets you some specialized uh, or personalized fitness and health benefits. I think we booked what was called the Aurea Experience, and there were premium staterooms. Premium being location. I think I'm not sure that the size of the cabin is really a balcony in that category is necessarily any larger than the other ones. I don't know that I really compared them across the experiences, but definitely in terms of the location on the ship, we, we were on, uh, we were on deck 15, um, fairly, fairly forward, um, on, on the ship. Um, but if you are interested in, if you're used to doing, you know, at any time dining, my choice dining, you know, different, different cruise lines, call it different things, the non-fixed seating option. If you like doing any time dining, you have to book the Ori experience. You cannot get any time dining if you choose one of the other, the other categories of staterooms. So, and that, like I said, that's very different than this, this coupling together of your dining time option with your cabin category. So something you need to understand about how MSC does it. So um, because we are we are big fans, um, we always do anytime dining whenever whenever we have an option. That was definitely one of the benefits of picking an Aurea class cabin. It also comes with use of the thermal area in the spa. And then it also includes each of us got a massage. Oh wow. That okay. was that was part of our part of our benefits. You get priority boarding, priority luggage delivery, some upgraded bathrobe slippers kind of stuff in the in this in this in the stateroom. Um there's a private sun deck that's only for Aria cabins and there was a drink package that was associated with it as well. So we really liked our our balcony cabin. It was pretty pretty well configured, had had sufficient sufficient uh, storage, glass shower doors, so none of that knowing shower curtain stuff and the balcony itself was a very usable size so the 
you know, that's that's a big criticism, right, for many of the newer newer cruise ships um, is that the balcony sizes seem to be shrinking to the point where it's awfully difficult to fit, you know, to sit two people in, you know, <laughs> in your right. your chairs and maybe have room for a table. I mean, they're very narrow. This was a very usable, a usable size balcony. So that was uh, so that was really nice. Good. It sounds like you had a nice cabin. So with the cabin you purchased, you could do anytime dining. So did you use that option? Yes. Yeah. But yeah, we, we definitely wanted to do anytime dining. So that was that was definitely a a, a reason for us to to book the the Aurea, the Aurea experience cabin. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you had anytime dining. Uh, what did you think of the main dining room and the food in there? Because one thing that I guess I'll say MSC doesn't get the highest marks for is the food. So what were your thoughts? The way that they do the anytime dining is they designate half of one of the main dining rooms as the anytime dining section. So you went to a its own its own entrance side or door uh, to get to the anytime dining. We were seated in a section that were pretty much all tables for two. They didn't really ask us if we were interested in sharing a table. And that was that was kind of another striking difference. And I'm not sure if it's because uh, of the really diverse population of passengers. Uh, you know, MSC tends to, I, th- I think, draw a very, a very globally diverse set of set of passengers. And so I don't know if they just sort of assume because of that, that people really aren't particularly interested in going and sharing one of those, you know, big tables for, for six or eight or 10, like you would see on other more mainstream cruise lines. You know, we were all, like, when we go to Princess, we're always asked, are you interested in sharing her table tonight or, or would you like a table for two? So we were never really given that as an option. So they sat us at a table for two and we were in the dining room. We were there three nights. We ate there the first night of the cruise. We ate there for uh, Italian night and then we were there the last night of the cruise. And it was interesting because, like I said, they set us at a table for two the first time. Then the second time that they came back, they asked us, would you like to, to sit in the same, I guess the same section, I think they called it. So what that meant was, is that even though we were anytime dining, we actually got the benefit of the service that you typically that you get with fixed seating in that we had the same waiter and assistant waiter all three nights because they just kept they just kept sitting us in that same section so it was kind of neat we had the flexibility of altering what time we wanted to go down for dinner but we had the same waiter and assistant waiter who were really nice we really enjoyed them so um, so that was kind of that was kind of a, an interesting experience um, we liked the food that we had um, we had some really really exceptionally good items and and the other items you know were, were quite good so we were pleased with uh, with the food selection that uh, that we had in the dining room, and the service was 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 very good. It's always good when you can have the same dining team throughout your whole cruise. That, that's probably one of the things that turned me off to anytime dining. But if I can get the same dining team the whole cruise, I'll definitely do anytime. To me, I think it's part of the whole cruise dining experience is getting to know your waiters and having fun with them as well. And that's the trade-off, right? You're, you're trading off the flexibility of what time you want to eat, you know, because there might be some times where if we have like a really late night and day in port, 
I am, I'm not going to be able to get to, to dining at, you know, 5.30 or 6. We might, mm-hmm. we don't want to have a 7.30, 8 or 8.30 dinner. And other nights we want might eat earlier. So in the end, even though it's certainly nice to have that service, that traditional kind of service that, that you're, you're, you know, that a, a cruise is known for. And that's really fun. And, and we got that benefit, <laughs> it turned out this time. We just, if for us, the flexibility of the times for any time dining outweighs that that service, yeah. that extra service touch. So that's a trade-off that we we make, and and we know that. Yeah, <laughs> so. for sure. And so, how was the buffet area? So they have two different buffets on the ship. Again, this is a little interesting. On most most ships we've been on, the main buffet or the big buffet would be on the top, the top deck, right? The higher the higher level deck. That's actually where the smaller buffet is. So they call it um, the Biscayne Bay buffet. Is up on on deck sixteen. It has fewer selections, so it's smaller. It tends to be less crowded. We ate there. Actually, that was where we ate um, on embarkation day for lunch. Then we never went back. <laughs> um, we decided that we liked having the greater variety that was available on the main buffet, which is what they call the marketplace buffet, and that's down on deck eight. So that's kind of weird to have the main buffet be in the middle of the ship. Versus on the top. For us, you know, I would definitely say that the buffet was was the weak spot, one of the weak spots with regard to to dining on board the ship. Um, we just felt that the selections tended to be somewhat repetitive. Um, you didn't find things on the buffet that we're used to uh, for our, our buffet experiences on either Princess or Celebrity. For instance, in the morning, you know, we're used to seeing nice slices of pineapple available. On the, on the buffet. Those weren't there. Uh, no smoked salmon ever. As far as we could tell, the only, if you wanted a, you know, bagel and smoked salmon and cream cheese, you had to go get that in the dining room because we did eat breakfast one night, one morning in the dining room and discovered, oh, here's where we can get our smoked salmon because it wasn't available on the buffet and we're used to that. Um, there was never, never any, you know, mounds of peel and eat shrimp or crab legs like we see maybe not every day on a buffet, but certainly, you know, a a couple times usually on on other cruise lines. So I would say that was definitely would would not rate their buffet option nearly as high as, you know, either either princess or celebrity. Well, how limited was the first buffet you went to? You could get pizza, which is good because that is one of the dining highlights. MSC's pizza, you know, we, we've always, you know, P- Princess has been the gold standard for us, the best pizza at sea. And we have to say MSC compares pretty well. Uh, maybe Princess offers a few more flavors, but MSC offers breakfast pizza, which Princess does not. So point there. Um, so you can get you can get pizza in either in either buffet. I would say maybe maybe half of as much variety or so in the smaller buffet. But if you are a fan of soft serve, that is the only place where you can get soft serve ice cream is in the smaller buffet up in deck 16. And that's only open for limited hours. The main buffet is, uh, was open much, had many, has had much more, uh, uh, expanded operating hours. So um, we didn't really figure that out until like the very end of the cruise. We kept trying to figure out where the soft serve was. And that's when we discovered the only place you can get it is in the small buffet in deck 16. Talk to us about the specialty restaurants y'all went to. This, on the other hand, was absolutely the dining highlight. Seaside offers typical kind of a steakhouse as a specialty dining option and a seafood restaurant. But unique to to seaside 
is a trio of restaurants that are together. They call the Asian Market Kitchen. And that's Roy Yamaguchi, uh, who's a pretty well-known chef uh, in Hawaii. It's his cuisine, so to speak. And they have a sushi restaurant, an Asian fusion. That's actually in the same restaurant. It's just two different menus, a sushi menu and an Asian fusion menu. And then there's a separate room for the teppanyaki. So they, they as part of the pre-cruise emails, right, that you get, one of the emails that we had gotten before the cruise said, if you booked the Roy's cuisine package, the dining package, you could get it for $65 per person if you bought it pre-cruise. If you didn't buy it until you got on board, it was $90. So it was a pretty significant discount to buy it pre-cruise. And we decided, and we really, really are big fans of, of that kind of cuisine, so we decided that's the specialty dining that we wanted to do. So we had three nights of our dining where we did one in each of the, the restaurants or the menus, if you will. And all three were absolutely outstanding. The food was, was sensational. We loved it. Absolute steal for what we paid for it. Even even if you didn't get it pre-cruise and you purchased it for ninety dollars per person on board, still, really, you know that it was it would have been a, a a good value there. But an absolute steal getting it at sixty five dollars per person, and the food was sensational. So we're really we were really happy with with uh, with the Roy's with the Roy's cuisine or the Asian market kitchen options. So MSC to me seems like a lot like Norwegian Cruise Line where they have those free venues but you're going to pay for most of them. Am I right in assuming that? That was one of the things that was really a, a striking contrast for us in comparison to our pr- previous cruise experience. And that was there really wasn't any other options for complimentary dining besides the buffet or uh, we could have gotten uh, we could have gotten room service room service uh, was was complimentary for our category of cabin uh, we didn't actually end up ordering anything through room service so I can't comment on the quality of the food through that but that would have been complimentary for us it might be you might have to pay some nominal fee if you're not in a lower category of, of cabin but one that was one of the things that was really striking to us is on other cruise ships that we've been on if you didn't want to eat in the buffet well you could go up to the pool area and there would be that's where the pizza would normally be offered or you could get maybe burgers hot dogs or barbecue or perhaps you could go to in the atrium uh, princess has what's called the International Cafe, and you can get little little sandwiches and salads, or at breakfast they might have little pastries. So there's some options for complimentary dining that we're used to on other cruise ships that simply do not exist on MSC. Really, if, if, if you don't eat in the buffet and you don't eat in the dining room or the specialty venues, there really isn't any other option for you. There's a, there's a couple options, a small options, like the sports bar does offer wings. Um, those, those are for fee. We, we got 12 wings. It was like about $11 because uh, we wanted to try them. The champagne bar does offer some seafood platters, and we, dec- and we did the shrimp cocktail platter one night to try that out. That was $14 for some really super large prawn-type cocktails. But that was really one of the things that we just felt was really noticeable is the fact that there wasn't any real any alternatives to, 
you know, during the day besides really the buffet. And, and you had to get, that's where the pizza was served. They didn't have the pizzas in a separate venue. That was, you had to go into the buffet to get the pizza. So talk to us about the entertainment. So we really enjoyed the, the entertainment. We ended up going to all of the production shows except for one. Our San Juan port stop was actually a night stop, which was really, really interesting. Uh, we didn't get into San Juan until five o'clock at night. So we were on shore for the evening. <clears throat> so we did not see the, the production show that was offered that night. But we went to the, all the others, and I would say most of them were very good. A couple of them were eh, kind of so-so. And certainly the absolute highlight uh, from a production show was we were actually the very first cruise on Seaside to have the Star Walker show. And that's the tribute to Michael Jackson. Mm -hmm. It started on Davina, and I guess it had run on there maybe a couple years. I'm not exactly sure. But they had been rehearsing for it for, I guess, a couple months. And our sailing was actually the very first sailing that had Star Walker um, shown on Seaside. And it was absolutely amazing. It was, it was definitely definitely the best production show of the cruise. But yeah, we really, we really enjoyed the production shows. We are a big fan of comedy improv. So there was a group called uh, Beer Prov, uh, a, quart, a quartet. They did a couple family-friendly shows in the, in the afternoons. And then they did uh, a couple adults-only shows uh, in the evening. So we, we tended to go to both of them, obviously with different material in each one. So really enjoyed that a lot. The one thing I'd say from an entertainment perspective that that definitely was disappointing in comparison to other cruises we've been on is they do have an outdoor, an outdoor pool deck, big movie screen, but the picture quality isn't nearly, uh, wasn't nearly as good as what we've experienced, you know, on, on princesses like movies under the stars um, or Disney either. It, it really wasn't as, as great an experience. Uh, we only we only watched ended up watching one movie out there, and they didn't tend to they they tended only offer like maybe one movie. And we were the, since it was close to Christmas, we ended up getting a whole bunch of like second rate Christmas kind of movies shown. It wasn't like the oh this is a great we get to catch up on you know maybe recent relatively recent movies right that have been out that that tends to be what you see on on other cruise lines movies on deck more recent things I would say. If you're a big fan of the movies on deck, you're you're not gonna you're not gonna be very pleased with that experience on on MSC. But um, but yeah, but otherwise, like I said, the the production shows were good, and and the the comedy improv group was really good. How were the sea days as far as crowds and congestion? So that's really you know one of the things that we expected uh, to be uh, really fantastic, given the different design of this ship and the emphasis on an outward facing, you know, in maximize the view of the sea. And that really, that really held true. There are just everywhere on, on, on the outside decks was all different kinds of seating options and never ever saw any issues with, you know, not being able to find, find a, a deck chair or a lounge chair to your liking. There was definitely plenty, plenty to choose from and, and a lot of, and a lot of outside, outside space. So um, that, yeah, congestion was definitely, definitely not a problem. Did you try the bowling alley or go zip lining? Uh, we are not zip liners, um, <laughs> although we did watch some people do it. Um, we didn't go bowling, but what we did do is every morning the cruise director and the and the assistant cruise director did a little morning show, and and I think most you know most cruise lines probably do that, at least what we've been on, and they would have a trivia 
question every morning. So the prize was you got a free, they have a VR um, movie and it's a shoot 'em up kind of thing. And so it might be zombies or, or, or killer robots or whatever. And it, there's space for, I guess, maybe eight, eight people at one time could, uh, could play this. So we ended up doing that a few times because we kept, we kept getting drawn as winners because, well, I don't think that many people watch the morning show. <laughs> so our odds were pretty good that we would win. So we ended up doing that a few times. And that's in the same area as they have an, they have an F1 racing car simulator um, in that same area and the bowling alley. The bowling, look, it was really cool looking, rather pricey. So we did not end up, uh, end up doing the bowling, but a lot of people say the bowling is a little pricey on the MSC ships. Let's talk about the ports of call. What ports did you hit? And give us a highlight from each port. Okay. Well, as I mentioned before, our, our San Juan stop was actually in the evening. We decided to go to dinner on shore at uh, Barachina, which is the restaurant where the pina colada was first uh, created back in the 60s. So we had a wonderful, wonderful dinner of, uh, of delicious paella and some pina coladas. So that was our, that was our highlight as well as just kind of walking around, you know, old San, old San Juan and in, in enjoying the, e- in the evening. Our next port that we went to was St. Thomas. We were in port there for 12 hours. So that would give us the opportunity to finally do going over to St. John uh, on our own. We'd never done that. This was our third time in St. Thomas. So we did the whole do-it-yourself, taxi, take the ferry over to the island, taxi to Trunk Bay. That was been on our beach to-do wish list for several years. And while definitely the island is still recovering from, you know, the terrible hurricanes from a couple years ago. The water is fantastic. The beach itself, the sand is lovely. There's not maybe as much perhaps shade, I guess, as perhaps there was before, because obviously the vegetation took a hit. But we were able to spend um, uh, a few hours uh, in relatively empty beach. And even, even when people really started arriving, it still wasn't like really, really, really uh, busy. But the beach is just, wow. I mean, if you've seen pictures of Trunk Bay, you know how spectacular it is. And so we did that, went back, got it back into to Cruise Bay and and enjoyed uh, enjoyed some drinks and appetizers at uh, where you recommended, Doug, a Woody's Seafood Saloon. And that was that was lovely. So that was our that was our day for uh, for St. Thomas. In St. Martin, we had a shorter port uh, stop. We were only there uh, until about two o'clock in the afternoon. Um, so we'd been to St. Martin once before. This time we were we decided we wanted to do something a little different. Um, so we booked an independent excursion directly through uh, the website Flavors of St. Martin mm-hmm. uh, to do a food tour. So it's about a two and a half hour tour. So our our local our local tour guide walked us to. We went to four different places to have different food food items uh, or drinks um, or dessert. And she would talk about, you know, provide us some historical uh, information or cultural information about the food. Um, she also did, of course, talk about, you know, the hurricane recovery there that St. Martin is still is still uh, is still experiencing was really delicious food. One of the restaurants we went to is called was called An- Antone Antoine. We had an f- amazing grilled garlic shrimp there. Mm, would definitely go back to that restaurant in a heartbeat next time we were in St. Martin. And then the last port was Nassau. This was the substitution port for what should have been our day at the private island. 
We've obviously been to uh, been to Nassau several times before on past cruises, and so we decided that uh, we wanted to convert that day into a sea day, quote unquote. And we spent most of the day you know, checking out a couple of the pool areas that we had not had the opportunity to try. More people than I expected actually got off the ship in Nassau because there was just completely open, wide open deck space available. No problem finding a, a deck chair uh, uh, on the day that uh, we were in Nassau. So that's uh, those were our port stops. So you're back in Port Miami. How was debark? We fly southwest. So our flight was going to be back out of Fort Lauderdale, but we didn't have a, a flight until almost five o'clock. So we were in absolutely no hurry to get off the ship. In fact, you know, normally we would have gotten priority disembarkation, right? That's one of the perks of, of the ARIA class. We actually went down to the guest services after we got our luggage tags and say, give us the absolute latest last color grouping. We do not want to get off the ship in any earlier than we have to. So we had a very leisurely morning. You know, we had to vacate your cabin by like 8.30. We left about 8, went up to the buffet. And then and then after breakfast, we, uh, we just kind of wandered around some of the t- decks to take a few more photos of, you know, being in Port Miami and chilled out at the jungle pool seating area, just kind of listening to the relaxing music. And then finally about 10 o'clock or so, they started to say, okay, all colors, you know, you are now welcome to disembark and then they really started like okay really now like at 10 15 okay <laughs> now everybody please didn't say this but it was basically please get off the ship it's it's time right so that's when we finally wandered off off the ship so so then you know we uh we took uh it, it was it was pretty chaotic outside the terminal in terms of uh there were six ships in port when we came back We'd originally planned to just catch an Uber or Lyft to go back up to Fort Lauderdale, but all the shuttle services, there were several shuttle services that were really hustling for business. Basically, you know, with all the congestion, they were basically undercutting, I think, what what it would cost, you know, with an Uber or Lyft and the fact that some Uber or Lyft folks don't want to bother, right, with with all of that congestion to pick up passengers. So we got a $15 per person rate for, for a shuttle back up to Fort Lauderdale. So we just opted for that. And then we got up to Fort Lauderdale. It was about 1130. So we had a few hours to kill at the airport, but at least it wasn't quite quite as long as if we'd had to get off the ship right away. So Well, at least at the Fort Lauderdale airport, that Southwest terminal is recently redone and looks nice. Oh, that makes a huge difference yeah, it's too. Now. Yes, and the wireless a, charging stations. I love it. Yes, and, and a lot and a, you know, some very, very large, open and airy and comfortable uh, waiting areas, new new dining options. So yeah, the terminal is greatly improved um, for, for Southwest at Fort Lauderdale. Did so. you go to tacos and tequila? Yes, actually, we did. We thought about going, we were maybe going to go to Burger Fi, because mm. that had opened since we were last there. So, um, hadn't really had much Mexican food while we were on the cruise, and so decided uh, decided we'd go for that. So yeah, that's where we ended up having lunch. <laughs> I, I went there um, in the past seven days three times, because I was down twice and then flying back home. Uh, okay. <laughs> I love that place. I don't know. They have really good breakfast there. And what is, is it called tacos and tequila? Or am I making that up? I, I don't remember. I'd, I can't remember. I'd, I'd have yeah. to look it up. Hey, it's back, something back to like the ship, that, though. though. The casino. How was the smoking situation? So they definitely, of course, allow smoking in the casino. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, and you just know that, right? If you if you happen to, you know, walk into to because that located right outside of the the main 
there's two levels you can get into the theater on and, and the main I guess the main level is uh, is is right across the hall from the casino. So it was you tended to stop in the casino bar to pick up a drink, you know, because they didn't do that's one of the things that was interesting, too. There was no drink service in the theater like I'm used to at princess, you know, before you if you get there, you know, early before the show, there's always people walking around, you know, ready to take a drink order for you. There was no absolutely none of that in in the in the embassy theater. So if you wanted to have a drink for the theater, you had to bring it yourself. So the the casino is the most convenient bar to that. So, so yeah, you'd have to inhale and <laughs> before you walked in and kind yeah. of thing. But uh, any first time MSC Seaside tips to offer? If you think you're interested in doing specialty dining, go ahead and pre-book it because it's going to be a significant cost savings from what you can from what you can book on the cruise. So you're not choosing the nights when you when you when you book the dining package. All you're doing is just paying for paying for that I'm going to go. And then once you get on board, then that's when you decide, okay, which night or nights am I actually going to to use that that specialty dining. But yeah, definitely if you think you're interested in it, you should definitely definitely pre-book it and know of course the the uniqueness of MSC and in, in its in its coupling of cabin choice and dining choice and if you're an anytime dining fan know that you're gonna you're gonna need to look at the aria class in order to in order to get anytime dining or of course if you're really gonna splurge you can go to their their upper their their top of the line accommodation is the msc yacht club and i think they have their own even their own restaurant i think i i don't know we weren't a part of that so i'm not quite sure of all of those <laughs> all those amenities but the yacht club would be a great experience i think Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You get your own sun lounge deck area that I believe has a pool like the the little I mentioned that the Aurea class has access to a special area of a sun deck, but it's just a deck. There's no there's no pool. I think there's a whirlpool tub, tub hot yeah. tub, but not not a main not a pool, um, a swimming pool area. I think the uh, I think the yacht club has their own small small pool and and uh and sun deck and lounge and yeah all of that all of that luxury stuff yeah exactly um, <laughs> well uh, in closing here final thoughts of msc seaside you know i think it's, it's interesting when you read online reviews about msc it, it seems to be uh really inspires a lot of polar opposites right either you're a passionate fan of msc it seems like or you absolutely hate it and i'm not <laughs> i'm not quite sure i can put my finger on exactly why um you know we we really enjoyed the cruise and we thought there were a, a lot of positives the ship was beautiful the our cabin was very nice really enjoyed the specialty dining we did in asian market the pizza thumbs up on the pizza, nice entertainment, um, the technology, like I said, the, the smartphone app, hands down best I've seen on any uh, cruise line that we've been on so far. There's a lot to offer there. And if you're, you know, if you're looking to, to try something and, and willing to, willing to appreciate that MSC does things a little different in some, in some ways, you can, you can have a very, a very nice, enjoyable experience. And we will definitely sail with them again at some point once the, once that new private island opens. Cause that, like I said, I think that's going to be, I think that's going to raise the bar for, for all the other cruise lines when it comes to, comes to the private island. Very well. That was a very detailed review. We've been talking with Kristen about her seven-night Eastern Caribbean cruise aboard MSC Seaside out of Miami. Kristen, always a pleasure. Thank you, Doug. This is Cruise Radio. Promotional consideration provided by Intercontinental Miami, the closest hotel to Port Miami. 
where guests can enjoy spacious rooms, fine dining, spa treatments, and iconic rooftop views of downtown Miami and Miami Beach. The Intercontinental's pre- and post-cruise package include welcome drinks, daily breakfast for two, and a credit transportation to and from Port Miami. Visit icmiamihotel.com for the best available rates. Let's see what we've got for you. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.